desire is to build legacy, if, if that's your heart's desire to build legacy and for your children and your children's children to be blessed, there is so much rooted in, in your decision-making right now. No, culture doesn't talk about the soul ties that are directly connected every single time that you are sexually intimate and you have sex with someone. Your spirits intertwine. So you can, you can have been thinking one way, but the minute that you're now sexual and intimate with this person, your spirit, you got a piece of theirs and they got some of you. Yeah. So if you were the host that was, you know, generally okay, but this yeah. person is out here fighting depression, don't be surprised if you pop up now having thoughts of, you know, suicide or. Thank you for tuning in to the Redefining You podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Ms. Simling Singleton. She and I will be diving into the all-important topic of purity. She'll be giving us some tips on how to overcome your single season while remaining sexually pure. We'll be talking about all things discipline. This is an episode you don't want to miss. So buckle up and let's get started. Hey, you. Welcome back to the Redefining You podcast, season two. This is officially episode two. And as promised, we are back with a very, very, very special guest. I am so excited that she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful Miss Simling Singleton. Hey, boo. Hello, hello. How mm-hmm. are you? I'm doing good. I don't have to work today or tomorrow, so I'm home. Same, same. <laughs> This this ain't my house, y'all. I'm I'm in a whole hotel room that I just checked into about 25 minutes ago. So yeah, the work don't stop. So we in here. And I just gotta be real and say shout out to Simlene because this is not our first time, y'all. I'm just gonna put it out there. We had so many technical difficulties. Wi-Fi was acting a whole fool and she graciously agreed to do this one more game for y'all. So big, big shout out. I know that that God don't make no mistakes and whatever we didn't uncover this last time, we're going to do it this time. So we're going to jump into it. I want you guys to know exactly the caliber of woman we have on this podcast with us today. Okay. She is a gem. She's, as you can see, she's absolutely beautiful, but she is also a PhD student. She is about to be Dr. Singleton. So go and put some respect on her name. But she is also a Christian blogger, a content creator. And y'all, she is a whole author out here in these streets. My girl wrote a whole book. And we're going to get into all the good stuff and tell you a little bit about it. But before we jump into it, um, do three things for me. We gained so much traction from the very first episode. So thank y'all for reaching out. And we're going to do the very same thing. So don't be quiet in the comments. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you guys want to hear about. So um, definitely talk to us in the comments. We're excited to engage with you after this episode airs. So Sim, Tell the people, I know I gave them the credentials and things like that, but share your heart so they know exactly who we're dealing with. Yes. Hi, everyone. I am Simeline Singleton, Mrs. Just Got Married. <laughs> so just want to point that out there. I am a wife, a yes. follower of God, follower of Jesus. I love all things Jesus and God. The reason why I, I'm in this content creating space to help a generation pursue the fullness of God and whatever that looks like in life. Uh, I am in school. Um, I love community. I love being around women. Um, I love to sing. Um, fun fact, Dre and I met in yes. the far literally 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years, y'all. First of all, the fact that we've been grown on our own for over 10 years is insane to me. That's crazy. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I'm all those things. And I love God. If I didn't say that again, I love, I love, love God. That's who I am. (laughs) Yes. And we're not going to hold y'all. We're going to get into the good stuff. So I didn't tell you what the three things were, but I want you to comment. But I also want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel, because if you are a visual person and you want to know who we are and feel more included and involved, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel because we'll be dropping an episode bi-weekly. 
So get excited about that. We want you to be notified whenever there's a new episode that's live. And we also want you to share this with someone because today we're getting into all the good stuff and we are not holding a single thing back, okay? We are talking about purity today. Today's episode is entitled Pretty and Pure. You can be both on and we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it today. So Sim, the the title of your book, how did we get to that? Let's let's start there because I'm so, so, so proud of you. Writing a book is not an easy task. I, I'm speaking from experience. It is not easy. Getting the thoughts that are in your head into book form is a task yeah. and it's something to be celebrated. So kudos to you for joining the whole mm-hmm. author gang. But tell us about the the title, because I think it's so powerful, the overcoming. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so the title was birthed out of um, the song, uh, Ty Tribbett. There's a part in his song and I like it rings in my head all the time. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Mm. And so I believe that is a um, Bible verse in Revelation. And it just stuck to me, I, that song over and over again while God was downloading what he wanted me to do with this journey because I, I was getting married I was like well God I'm done um he brought that song into my spirit and he's like I want you to write about this journey and literally overcome what was this overcoming from you you got your promise now let's talk about the overcoming process and so that that's how that word came about so nice nice so Obviously, impurity, there's a lot of different things you can be pure from because the definition is just to be without flaw, without blemish. And ultimately, we are all flawed and we're blemished human human beings. That's why Christ had to die for us because we were all out here just thrown away, filthy rags, and he died for us. But what the purity that we're specifically talking about today is actually sexual purity. That's, yeah. that's, that's what we get into it today. We're talking about sex, y'all. Yeah. Um, and it's such a taboo topic in the church, unfortunately, like people shy away from it or either they, they cast shame or they, they typically, when we hear about sex for the first time as a child or as a young person, it's typically don't do it. Cause I said, so it has yeah. nothing to do with the contextual biblical foundational pieces. So Sim, tell us a little bit about your first experiences with the topic of sex. Let's start there. My, my, I was definitely tainted with the whole view of sex. So I w- was introduced to it in a very impure way. Um, I was exposed to it at seven years old. I was molested um, at seven years old. And so so that curiosity was birthed at an early age, probably when it shouldn't have. Uh, and so I've always wondered, never really dived into that after seven years old, but distinctively going into fifth grade, middle school, the whole purity movement in church. When, um, that's when it was like, um, I had a bunch of questions, couldn't get them answered. And it was just like, heart down, not, you can't do this. Lock you down as women. You're supposed to save yourself for your husband, whenever that's going to be. Um, dating, talk about dating. There was no in between. It was, um, I was exposed at an early age. Didn't tell nobody, didn't know how to talk about it. But I felt like in some ways, some of the adults should have been responsible of, responsible of like, Hey, this is what happens to you. And even as women getting your period, I have so many questions. Yeah. And when I did get my period and the birds and the beast talk really didn't happen. It was my mom's life story of how we got here, but more so a lot of anger because she was mad at my dad. They're divorced and she's now mad at my dad telling me, you know, these things out of like anger and bitterness, which is not helping me at all because it's not answering any of my questions. And so sex had a big question mark on it and so it was left to me and my own devices to figure it out so Mm. so I had almost a a polar opposite experience from you um one of the things that my mom was really really good about because much like your mom um my mom raised me and my brother as a single mom Um, that wasn't the plan she was a whole married woman but unfortunately my father made decisions that placed him out of our lives Um, but what was, what was so powerful, I think about what my mom did, granted, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. I make it to the finish line. Okay. (laughs) But I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to, I felt like I had a good understanding of what, you know, saving myself could be or would be. My mom always says, she said, listen, if you ever in your life feel like you're ready to have sex, (laughs) you need to come tell me. 
mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put you on birth control. And then you have to sneak like you're not doing it because you ain't getting permission. We we love God in this house. We serve God. So you don't get a free pass to go out here and just smash whatever you want to do. You're gonna act like you're not out here doing it. And if I find you, you in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had that candid conversation with me, it just erased a lot of the temptation and mystery. Like we had those conversations because yeah. she understood I was one of those ones who bloomed a little early. I've always been a little thick. I mm-hmm. never looked my age. So my mom was very, very, very candid about sex and what that is. What she didn't necessarily talk to me about was the spiritual aspect of things. So I know that your experience in church, um, and this is because we had this conversation before, but I really want them to hear kind of like their portrayal of what purity was like when they gave it to you they served it to you on a silver platter this is what purity is this is what we're gonna do talk to us about that experience yeah it was pretty much you know as the ceremony it was a ceremony I don't remember any classes being beforehand I remember the ceremony because that was prominent we were in all white and it was only when it was only the girls that had to be from you know if you were late elementary even up until high school if you were a, a girl in those ages you had to wear all white and you had this paper filled with words you know words from the bible and just of course like words about saving yourself and being pure and your body He's a temple of God, all this other stuff. But it was just stuff that felt like repetition. And even the women who were giving us these things were probably giving us these things because they have questions as well. And they don't know how to have those conversations. Mm. And so, you know, you have a lot of unhealed and broken people teaching curious girls who are not really exposed to what this is and not really diving into the real truth about it and just putting like a plastic covering on it and telling you here, now you're pure, go ahead, don't do it. Um, and the boys at our church wasn't getting the same thing. Um, it wasn't a huge ceremony. It wasn't a big deal. It probably was a good job, pat on the back, you know, like that's, they were encouraged in a very different way. Um, and so I was like, what is this? Like, I remember throwing, I don't know what I did with that paper. Either my mom had it. We had even a necklace, a necklace or some chain that had something on it says, I am pure. It's just like, you're supposed to carry this thing around. I am pure. Um, well, so yeah, it was heavily, heavily decorated in a way where, yes, I understand we are delicate flowers. We're, cre- we're created by God. It's just how they presented it to me was not realistic of what we expected to come when we are married. Absolutely. First and foremost, why weren't the boys included? Because we, I mean, we're not out here having sex with ourselves. Most of us, I mean- yeah. Why weren't they included? I don't understand. As a mom of two boys, that highly disturbs me. I don't yeah. have daughters to to tell to be pure. So sons, you go out here and be pure and don't be out here trying to be flower these young women. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Because, and I have to teach them early, like your, your privates are for you. They're going to be a gift and a blessing to your wife at the appointed time. There's not going to be any shame and you waiting and you deciding yep. and you respecting and honoring her in yep. that way. We're, we're trying to teach them that early yeah. because there's always a double standard for the, for as long as I can remember, there has been a double standard. Like you said, the pat on the back, the, the boys get the be safe talk. Yeah. They don't get the don't do it talk, which yeah. is baffling to me is because yeah. who you think they out here having, okay, I'm not supposed to be doing it. And he just got to be safe. <laughs> Make it make sense. It, make it make sense. Yeah. And, and I've seen it done in households where yeah. there's a daughter and a son. They get two different messages. And it's like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why is that? Why have we in our minds programmed women as the delicate and the flower and the pure? We've completely tainted what purity is. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's just to be without flaw, without blemish. A young man, ultimately, that's what we look for nowadays. I mean, we yeah. we want a man because if you teach him, you know, go out here and do it, but don't just don't get nobody pregnant. I feel like it's planting seeds of dishonesty. Yeah, It plants seeds of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's escaping me, but you teach them how to be promiscuous. Yeah. Like yeah. throw the rock, hide, but I mean- don't don't get caught up don't get caught up and it's like a baby is not the only thing that you're gonna catch out here in these streets even (laughs) caught feelings and they broke your heart 
And now you out here low key suicidal because yeah. like you have to talk to them mm-hmm. about these things because it's so much deeper. Yeah. It's so much deeper than this act of sex itself. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, we're not going to get, we're not going to go ahead of ourselves, but yeah. as a married woman, um, talk to us about your journey while you were dating and kind of when you made the decision to now be pure. Yeah. So um, it was in 2019, like literally at the top of 2019, I went cold turkey. I was given signs beforehand. Like the Lord was telling me, I need you to, what I'm about to do in your life, I need you to recommit yourself to me. I need you to stop being around your sneaky links. That's what I call them, sneaky links. And I need you to recommit, ignore Ignored him. Literally, all right, God, whatever. Only because, you know, I was, I'm hurt. I'm hurt from, you know, I'm, I haven't discovered who I am without a father and just monumental things are happening in my life and things like that. And so I'm not, I haven't healed from those things. And then I, I think I know it all because I've done, been to college. I'm in my mid twenties. I got it all. I'm thinking yeah. I got it all. Right. Um, <laughs> no. Um, and that last time I caught an STD, that will make you, I mean, for some people, but for me, it it, it was like, oh God, I hear you loud and clear. Like, and I didn't, and he was like, I didn't have to, you didn't have to go that far, but there's consequences. And I'm blessed that it was curable, but it was a wake up call. It was a true wake up call that Mm -hmm. I needed to recommit myself to God. Now it wasn't easy, especially that first year. Just think about anybody who's addicted to something that they're trying to wean themselves off. And I was like, Imagine you, most of your life, and since I was a teenager, I've explored all sexual things with other men. And so I have to wean myself, literally break myself in half from some of these ties that I've connected with, some of these behaviors, attitudes. I have to find really who Simling is. I have to face... I had to look in a mirror. I had to look at myself every day, discovering who I am. And so that first year, you can imagine, like, it's real. You got to cut off whatever is is causing you to fall into temptation. Mm. So for me, what that looked like, there was music I had to cut off my life. Like, yeah. I was okay listening to certain secular music. I just couldn't anymore. Um, I had to definitely cut off friendships. Not saying, like, people I've had sexual relations with, I was also friends with. And so it wasn't like it was anybody random. These were friendships. And so I had to let friendships go. Um, I had to erase numbers, like literally moving. How you, when you break something in half, it it, it doesn't come back the same. And so that goal where God, he's like, I don't want you the same. I want, I want a different sin in this season. And so um, even telling down to the things I've watched on TV, the things my, it's like, you got to guard your ears and you got to guard your eyes. The things that is cons- getting your consumption is what I had to make sure I had to literally take myself away from because, and in even places, I, I, and you know the story. I was like, even places like I stopped going to Chili's for a long time because Chili's was a spot. Like I, it's connected to a memory yeah. with someone or people that I've had sexual relations with. And it's easy to be like, oh, those moments feel so good. And those feelings in those lonely times in your celibacy walk, those feelings, you can get caught up in those moments. And so I saw yeah. like, let's, let's be real when we're talking about a celibacy walk, like what it really entails. And so I had to literally separate myself from so many things that mm. was tied to sexual impurity um, because God wanted me whole again. He wanted this different person and this whole person. And so meeting my husband in 2021, um, it was, I wasn't looking for it. I, I prayed at the top of the year. I did a 21 day fast with Transformation Church with Pastor Michael Todd. And all I asked is God, I am open in this season. That was the year anchored. I was like, God, I, I believe like this yeah. is the year I am anchored in you. This is a year like, Whatever the, wherever the wind may blow, I'm not moving because I am anchored in you. And so I opened myself up. I said, this is the year, God. I think I'm open enough in this season to continue not dating for real, for real. Through the pandemic, there was a whole pandemic. We didn't go talk about the pandemic. People got bored. It was a lot of things. Um, But 2021, it was like, I'm ready, God. I'm open for what you have for me. It was going into year three of me, year three, year two of me committing for real into this journey. And so uh, I, my best friend texted me a 
dating app. I hate dating apps. She knows that. <laughs> and it was a Christian dating app at that. And I think they were corny at the time. So um, I was like, you know what? I'll give it seven days. I'll try for seven days. This is in the middle of my fast. And so I was like, I'm open. I told Laura I was open. So I got to honor that. Um, mm -hmm. I, the sixth day of the seventh day, I was going to delete the app. Um, my now husband slid in those DMs or he responded to, you know, when you swipe left or right, I did swipe right, whatever on him. <laughs> he responded to that. And so from that moment on, like, it was a great conversation, but set him apart from everybody else that I've talked to dated in the past. He made me laugh. People think that's so insignificant. If you can make me laugh, like it's the biggest thing for me. And, yeah. and to sidetrack, even a friend of mine, I was on the phone with her and I was telling her what my husband did. He did a joke. He was like, y'all marriage is going to last because he just continues to really get you in this giggly place. And that's exactly what the first time talking to him was like. And I was like, oh, he is different. That's beautiful. That is yeah. beautiful. And you can't, so, you can't underestimate stuff like that because you got to live with that person. Yes, just yes. a real quick nugget. If you don't enjoy the company of your significant other, there's a good chance they can be beautiful. They can be handsome. But if you don't like them that much, love is going to waver. Yes. At eight years into this thing, people gonna make mistakes. People gonna mess up. People gonna disappoint you. And the feelings, the butterflies that you feel, they're going to change as children are birthed. Things will change, relationship, connections, all of those things will change. One thing that needs to remain the same, you got to kind of like that person to do life with them. That's so important. Yeah, it is. It is. And it stuck out. It, that stuck out to me. Yeah. Two days. The next day we were, we, the next day we were on a five hour FaceTime call. Like, yeah, I just met this guy five hours with somebody you've never met. Yeah, that's, that's intense. It's, it's intense. <laughs> and I want to note here too, I was very upfront that this is my journey. I was like, I'm celibate and I, I plan to remain celibate till marriage. And he honored that. He honored that. And he honored that by telling me, this is no secret, that he told me that he, he is a virgin. But we had a deeper conversation of what that meant. Like, we had a purity conversation. He he we had the conversation of though he was a virgin, he wasn't pure. He sometimes didn't find himself in a pure state. And so we had a whole conversation about celibate. I knew something was different because I this never happened before. I'm talking about my celibacy journey. We're talking about sexual impurity and church and all of that. So something was different. And so now I'm in this dating phase with this guy. Um, who I knew was the one. I knew he was the one the weekend I met him face to face. Mm. It took him a couple weeks, but it's okay. You know, he got to be sure. And I, I, I'm okay with that. Um, he, it throughout that we actually remain, like we remain, we did not have sex. And so for us, it's a little different because I know like some people don't hold hands and um, all of that. Like when they're celibate, they're completely celibate. And so we, we did hold hands. I, because God grounded me, God anchored me, um, and I was able to fortify my boundaries in those last three years, those things didn't face me. Um, those like holding hands and kissing wasn't, they weren't tr triggers anymore. They were just like, yo, this is the person I really like. And I want to enjoy these moments with this person I like. And so like that, it wasn't, and because he's, he was a virgin, um, it was just like, I want to remain that until we get married. We, so our foundation on why we wanted to remain married made the dating journey so much easier. We both had a foundational understanding of what it means to be kept by God. And so it, it, it wasn't a second thought for us to be like, let's put ourselves in tempting situations. It wasn't because we knew who we belonged to. And so that was key during the dating process while I was still not having sex before marriage. And so now I'm married and God was like, I'm going to need you to talk about this journey. And so that's where we are now. And yeah. my celibacy journey, um, I asked God, all I asked God, I asked God that I want to be married to the right man. I wasn't looking for that. I said, I want to be the first in my family to break generational curses of bad marriages. And with that comes, you, you got to figure things out and where you are mm. so you don't carry on those things that have been, you know, breaking, I mean, those curses that have been plaguing marriages in my family for so long. And so 
that was my prayer that led me into the celibacy walk. And now that led me to my promise, which is my husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you just said a whole thing just now. And what I want people to really take hold of is your amount, the amount of discipline that you implemented and employed in this season is unheard of. Like it's uncommon. It's almost unreal because if you think you literally had to change the way that you function and operate and we we're constantly evolving we're constantly changing but something that I know from personal experience is how you do anything it's how you do everything so I'm curious to know like how this newfound discipline that you now have with your purity and your sexual journey um, your sexual discipline how did that kind of infiltrate and transition into other places of your life. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, this, I didn't know this was tied to me pursuing my PhD and where God wanted me to be. Why I went into, so I, I, I'm my major, I got my master's in higher education leadership. And so for me, I was like, oh, I want to be a president one day. Like I want to go up the ranks. And so my whole mind was, this is where I'm going. I'm going to apply and all of that. Like the discipline in me, making sure that, you know, I work hard, I do what I need to do, get all the connections you need to make when you're pursuing a PhD. And so I remember I was ready to apply and I applied to like seven schools. I'm well qualified. I have great grades. GPA was good. Um, great letters of references. And I didn't get into any. I'm just like, huh, Lord, what? Uh, I thought this was the journey that you wanted to be in. He's like, wow. you got to um, you got to trust me. And so I was just like, okay, I'm trusting you. And so this is me starting. This was in 20, before 20, this was in 2019, where I just started my celibacy journey while establishing discipline. Um, he's like, you got to trust me. And so I'm just like, okay, now I, and my, I remember my response was like, <laughs> well, God, I trust you with a lot now. I done gave up me. I done, come on now. Like he, I'm so career driven. He knows that about me. And so I was just like, all right, I'm giving up a lot here. What, what's happening he's like trust me and so the lord put me in some rooms with some people in my job my old job where one of the people sitting in that room um was one of the professors in the program that i am in now and she would and i every time i remember when we speak and we're in the meetings and we're having conversations she would just look at me and i'm just like what's wrong with this lady <laughs> i'm like i know what's wrong just look at me and um one day she pulled me aside she said hey um because she heard me talk about applying to phd schools and she said Hey, I really think you should apply to this program here at Kennesaw. I'm just like, huh? No, it's not higher ed. That's not where I want to go. Ignore her. This was in March, and mm. I want to get school by August. Like, I want to start miss a whole blessing. About to miss a whole blessing, and so um, obedience is that's what the lesson work out. Part of discipline is obedience. Like, you gotta. It's, ooh, that's a whole word, but obedience was God was teaching me. It was July, not July. It was June. The application was due July one. Um, and it was June, two weeks before July one, the Lord, like, you know how he just wakes you up in your sleep. I couldn't sleep one night and I found myself on the computer. Um, and I was like, it was like, look up the program she told you about. I was like, this is so random, but sure. I'm going to look mm -hmm. and I'm looking and I'm reading about the program. I'm reading about her as a professor, her love for women and making sure advocating for women. And um, she was, she's from India and just the work that she's done around women advocacy. I'm like, yo, this is some stuff I'm passionate about. And she knows that. And I was like, huh, I'm looking further and I'm Haitian and I'm seeing stuff about, I was like, oh my God, I'm digging deeper and the Lord is lighting a fire. I said, I'm applying. I reached out to thank God for my references. They were able to turn around, and give me a reference within a week. Um, turned in the application August 31, 31st of that year. I heard back that I got into the program. And I'm just like, I was like, oh, snap. All right, we got <laughs> in. And the Lord was like, continue on this journey and obey me. These doors will open for you. Like, believe mm -hmm. it, they're, they're just going to open for you. And so part of that discipline I had to learn is obeying God, because part of what happens in celibacy is you lack obedience and you mm -hmm. lack discipline uh, because you don't listen to the voice of God when he's constantly telling you, don't go into that situation. Don't be talking to that dude. Don't go into this club. Don't listen to this music. Like there's constant disobedience when it comes mm -hmm. to being sexually impure. And so God literally was providing that discipline for me, even in those smallest things like 
applying to a PhD program, all of it was tied to my discipline and my obedience in this journey. Mm. That's what it was teaching me. And even more so, I'm seeing these characteristics in my marriage now. Like, oh my goodness, just because y'all are single and y'all have these habits, they don't magically disappear when you get no, married. They don't. And I thank God that I have, I have like literally practiced some of these things while I was single and going through that because I was like, if I, in my marriage, in certain situations, I was like, man, if I was this old person, this conversation would have went a whole different conversation. Listen, listen, you just had a whole thing like, oh my goodness, the level of discipline that you employ in your singleness or the lack thereof is going to show up in your marriage. That was actually one of the questions I had for you. How have, how did you see kind of like the fruit from the seeds of purity that you planted throughout your dating? How have they kind of flourished or how are they blossoming in your marriage? Yeah, I am a soft girl. People understand I used to be so rough, like, and it was just the exterior show or me protecting myself from hurt. Uh, I, and even in my language and how I talk, I used to, I was not the nicest person when it came to like affirming and yes, I did all those things, but I didn't realize how sometimes like how I said things were kind of hurtful. And, um, I just noticed that I have turned into a softy. Like my husband literally turns me soft. Cause I see that even the moments where I do catch myself slipping, like I see the hurt and I'm just like, Oh no, I didn't mean to do that. It was not intentional. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just turned me into a, a, a soft person, um, noticing um, how I speak and being affirming towards men in particular, um, mm. because I didn't have a fa- present father in my life. And because of my interaction with men throughout my life hasn't been the most positive. Um, yeah. I am very, I'm now through the celibacy journey. I have learned to be this soft person with my husband, you know, s- like slower to speak and quick to listen and so all those things have um definitely helped me when I have a conversation my husband's not a yeller he doesn't argue um he's not gonna argue with me he's just not and I'm just like why so he's not gonna do it he's like I'm just gonna wait till you calm down and just like okay so he literally pulls that softness out of me all the time that is beautiful that's yeah, beautiful. I, I love what this journey has done to my personality when it comes to me and my husband that is beautiful. So it sounds like he taught you how to be submissive, which don't nobody want, don't nobody want to do that. First of yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said you were buff. Cause we all, especially I would say women who have experienced some level of daddy issues. Yeah. We all can show up in the world kind of hard and mm-hmm. have that hard exterior because we are afraid of being hurt, afraid of being disappointed, afraid of being let down. I literally just talked about the difference about this on Monday, um, just about the unknown and the fear of the unknown and how that shows up in other places up on life, how I have lacked the ability of being, of getting close to yeah. people. Um, and it, it turns out in your marriage, it shows up as lack of intimacy because yeah. you can have sex all day long, but there's there's a distinct difference between having sex and making love with your spouse. There's a complete difference. And if you show up hard, men are, their egos are yeah. large by nature. And even if he's not a yeller or he's, he's not the one to have to be in control, they want to be by nature. Yeah. They're innately designed and built to lead. I mean, that's why Adam was created first. Yes. And we are, we're from the rib, we're to be by his side. He is to protect and cover us. But if we ain't never been covered, if our back ain't never been had, we automatically will show up in life just hard. Yeah. Hard for no reason. And it sounds like this experience of something that you, many people say it's completely unrelated sex it trickled and filtered into other areas of your life where you can now be intimate with your husband, with your partner, be submissive, be his helpmeet, have peace in your home, which we all want. I mean, don't nobody want to be arguing all day. I mean, that's beautiful. That is beautiful, beautiful, Sam. Yeah. So at any point, did you have like any, 
any hesitancy, like when you walked into it and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this without testing the products first, because we, we live in the 21st century. And nowadays that is like against culture's rule to not sample it at least one time to know what you're getting into. Honestly, was, was there ever any fear or like, tell us about that mental battle? Because I'm just from the outside looking in, I'm like, man, that, that would take a lot of reprogramming and restructure and reframing because all you see is constant images of a happy life, a happy wife, but ain't none of that talking about purity. Yeah. It's it's uh-huh. talking about you, you've been smashing this whole time. That's how you know she the one because yeah. what she done made you do is it's all kind of things that we are taught and we are just, it's ingrained in us. It's almost like an innate thing that we, we yeah. can't function or operate without. So the reprogramming that you kind of underwent, I'm really curious, um, what are some of the, the roots, like the scriptures that you use to undergird you during uh-huh. this process? And I'm going to, if you see me looking down, I'm going to um, take them, the, the verses directly from this journal that this book that we're going to uh, have here. So mm-hmm. I talked about Revelations 12, 11, the overcoming, but um, I remember listening to a, a sermon of Michael Todd and um, I don't remember the title, but I remember it was um, the things that we need to do and everything will be aligned. Matthew 6, verse 33 through 34, seek ye mm-hmm. first the kingdom of God um, and, and live righteously and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And so that to me, because the lies of the enemy were so real in those moments, because this is what I heard from the enemy you're alone. Like I, I remember getting extremely alone because I've always had something. And yeah. so we're not alone, lonely, they're interchangeable. I remember those. And in those moments, um, like I would hear the enemy was like, you getting lonely. You need, you need some companion. You need to fill this void, the void. And I, Matthew six, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Like first, like first is the first thing you do is go to God. So before I could pick up that phone and go through, go through some old messages, go to God, like that. And then um, another verse that really did it for me um, also is the accountability piece. Um, I talked about a lot, a lot about that part of this journey, what you need is accountability. And, um, and then friends, and I talk about this as part that says friends in the gap. First Thessalonians three, verse 10, um, night and day, we pray earnestly for you asking God to let us see you again, to fill in the gaps in your faith. And so mm. where filling those moments where the enemy is attacking you to go back to those images or um, go into pornography, go watch that movie, call the friend, like who will literally go in the gap for your faith for you. Like night and day will pray. I was like, you know, and this this was, uh, it was Paul and Silas and Timothy who were pleading on behalf of Thessalonica at that in that time yeah. um that god wanted you know them to be redeemed and their faith to be redeemed and they pled on behalf of those people and so i was like man have friends who can do that for you when you just yeah. can't um and there was another one here i want to read that was very important um here oh the other one too the the next slide of the enemy that is so so real doing this is the shame oh it's the mm. shame it comes with this like oh man, or the regret that you don't give, gave yourself the gift that's so precious. But then in Romans 8 verse 1, God reminds us there is no condemnation. Mm. Oh, that one saved me a lot because I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of regret during the season. And so when when that verse, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, that it's like, man, he took that. There's no shame. There's nothing attached to this journey. So those three, I can, I don't want to spill, spill it all, but oh, like those verses really through. Yeah. Like I have to combat the lies of the enemy with that because it will literally take you to a place when you're in this place of redoing and re- and overcoming. Um, the lies of the enemies are real. And so you have to have scripture to combat those lies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even, even now, some days, like I think back on, cause you know how I was raised, I know right from wrong. Yeah. And 
sin, it was fun. It having premarital sex, don't let nobody tell you a lie. It 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 was enjoyable, but it was wrong. Yes. <laughs> it was wrong. It was not what God intended, is not what he initially intended. And I can honestly say to this day, I've seen the the fruit of our decisions yeah. show up in our marriage several times. Yes. I mean, it's it's inevitable. You walk into something, you you start something wrong. A lot of times it you finish something wrong, or you you find that you are not better on the yeah. on the latter part of things. I mean, it's there's beauty and there is there is some ease in doing it God's way. I mean, yeah. when you when you think about all of the things that we are taught from culture, um, they don't ever show you the other side where you're madly in love with your spouse, but you're comparing him to the last person that you were with. Come that on. idea of comparison would have never existed. I mean, it's like with Adam, it's like Eve in the garden. She yeah. would not have known the knowledge of good and evil had she not eaten that particular fruit. It's like the lies, and like you said, the deception of the enemy. He just changes the lens that you're looking through. Yeah. And while he may not be lying, he's a deceiver. Yes. And the deception part of it, that that's where we are in like so much danger there yeah. because you, you will, there's so many places that you can go outside of the will of God. And when you finally align and you're trying to do things the right way. And then the minute that's something that you're familiar with the sin, because we are innately sinful the minute that something pure and holy now becomes tainted because of what you've experienced in the past, yeah. I mean, it can get so convoluted and so ugly and what God had intended to be pure and holy and set apart is now unpure and unholy. Okay. Oh yeah. It's in the shame that I've even experienced in my married years about why we didn't do it God's way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's something that you kind of have to get over. You have to forgive yourself. Yes. You have to forgive yourself and understand that when you're his, when you're his child, the same way that a child does something outside of what their parent just told them to do the same way that you're willing to accept them back and with open arms and put them right back on the right path. We have to accept and receive that God does the very same thing for us, because yeah. if we don't, we can be swallowed by shame and consumed by shame and feel like, well, you know what? God ain't going to forgive me anyway. I mean, I know that's what the words say, but I don't feel forgiven. Yeah. Like God, God forgave us the minute we repented, but then we have to go through our own healing and grieving process with our forgiveness of ourself for the things that we've done that yeah. we're not proud of. We're not proud of. And I'm so glad that you said that because someone somewhere is listening to this and they're literally getting ready to decide like, okay, should I start? Should I keep going? Like, I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing my spouse. The The dating pool got pee in it. Like I'm, I'm over this. Like what, how, Am I supposed to hold out when I don't see anywhere that a spouse is on the way? Yeah. Speak yeah. to that person. Speak to that woman that is on the verge of giving up or questioning whether she should even start to begin with. Yes. To start, yeah, just, just start. Um, because there's certain, even if it's not tied to you being married, for those who are wanting to start and just haven't like made the, the decision, um, there is things that God is holding on, holding out because of what he's requiring of you. Um, yes. If you've been praying for some, think about the things that you things that you've been praying for that you want to see happen in your life, and think about the things that you haven't done to to prepare yourself. You know, even God prepares. He says he prepares a, a table before our enemies. Even he prepares. Yeah. And so, what makes us think that we're not supposed to prepare for the things that God has for us? And mm. so, just those things um and, and see like okay what see the areas of what where where in my life do I need to give God the reins so that I may I may see the things that I've been praying for and so I think of those things things of what the, the preparation phase what does that look like for you and what is going to be required of you or even even when you're not thinking about it from a godly perspective think about how much 
preparing you do for a job interview, for anything that you're doing. Think about how much preparation you do and now see that same thing for what God wants to do in your life, right? Um, For those who um, are on the brink of giving up, don't. Don't give up um, because walk this faith, walk this faith because the the reward at the end is so much greater. He's a redeemer of time that like when you experience, think about a gift that you've been wanting from your parents for Christmas or whatever. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting Mm -hmm. for that waiting period for that gift. Right. And then when you receive it, it's like that waiting never existed. Like you got got so good, Sam. That's so good. The gift that you got is like, oh, well, now I got it. And so it the time that you've been waiting has been so much worth it that now that you got the gift, it's like, that wasn't that bad. Like, think about it that way. It wasn't, and it will not be um, because of the time that God will redeem you for the gift that he has for you. Um, So don't give up at all. Wait on the Lord because he will renew your strength. It will be renewed. Um, So yes, those are the two things. Perspectives. I love everything about that, Sims. Something that I heard you say in that was just previously is that, you weren't just waiting, sitting on your hands, like, okay, I gotta take a cold shower because I'm not doing nothing. It was an active wait. Like you yeah. weren't just sitting, waiting for God to send you your spouse. You busied yourself. You joined different things. You were active so that your single season or your waiting season wasn't miserable. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. That is so important that we change the way that we think about singleness Yeah, because I I can tell you several times throughout my own marriage journey, I wasn't single for very long. Like in my adulthood, I was single for all of a year and a half. I've been in a committed relationship since I was 19 years old. I don't know nothing else. (laughs) Like you, you go on a date in high school, but you come back to your mama's house. Like it is so much that you can do and that you can invest in yourself in your singleness. Don't abandon the the beauty of your singleness because you're wanting someone. And if you are in a a state of constantly wanting, there's some things that you need to address because Mm -hmm. you can walk into a marriage, you can walk into a relationship expecting them to be a savior or a God or a void filler. And you're going to be disappointed, sweetie, because that's not what they are. Nope. They're an imperfect, perfect, an imperfect person with their own set of skills, issues, yep. trust issues, the whole nine. And if you were expecting your knight in shining armor, those are only in fairy tales. They don't exist. We, when we're accepting the spouse that God has for us, we have to operate with a certain level of grace. And mm-hmm. I truly believe, especially in this season of my life, that God gives us specific amount of grace for the people that he's going to place intentionally in our lives. I believe that wholeheartedly, especially now. And something that you have to realize is that when you do it God's way, when you make the decision, even if it didn't start out that way, like even if you are some, you're in in a relationship right now and you're actively moving towards marriage, you might be engaged, but the Holy Spirit has been like pushing on your heart before you go across that altar, I want you and your spouse, your future spouse to recommit to me until he or she is your spouse. There, That's a real thing. And even if, because I don't believe that, you know, you have to turn at a specific time. Like we yeah. all, we all get messages from the Holy Spirit and we all listen at yeah. different times. So I don't ever feel like it's too late. Even if y'all get married six from six months from now, if you listen to this, you're like, you know what? The Lord had been telling me this for a minute now. Like yeah. I've been feeling convicted because I had those same convictions yeah. wanting to walk into it. But I was like, you know what? We've been doing it this far. We might as well just keep going. We only a few months away. It's like, no. No, that small decision of obedience. Yes. You said over and over and over again. God honors your obedience. He does. He honors that obedience because even if it's a few days away or a month away, the decision that you make to be obedient and the change and the shift that you make in your mind and in your heart at that moment, he will honor and you will see fruit from that. I'm confident for years to come from for years to come. I need to, I need to just put a pin in this real quick because 
y'all met in 2021. Yeah. It is 2023 and y'all are approaching your one year anniversary. So yes. let me just say this. It did not take Curtis all day to figure out that you were his, you were his wife. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and say that because from what I understand out here in these streets, um, you're dating for an immense amount of time. And it's one thing for you to be with somebody for 10, 15 years when you, you met in high school or middle school, that's different, but in your grown and your adulthood, bro, what? Yeah. Five, 10 years in a relationship. Wow. How, how do you, what? Like, what? How are you doing life? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be a difficult task. So you have to be intentional when you're dating. If he or she ain't on what you own, that's your sign to jump ship because you can't be out here. We are sexual beings. It, we we yes. do that. We were created for that. I mean, you see monkeys out here and horses. They that That's what we do. So you need to understand there's a physical and a spiritual side. And the two, you have to align your spirit. You have to align your flesh with the spirit, but you can't be out here playing with your, with your flesh because you've been a fail on year four and a half trying, trying to hold out for a ring. You've been grown and he or he or she, this is for both men and women that are considering this. You should know pretty, pretty soon on whether this is someone that you could commit to for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you ain't got to, you ain't got to wait to, to have your fairy tale wedding. You can go up there to the courthouse and you can have your wedding later. I see it all the time. It happens all the time because people make those decisions to rid the sinful piece. I've, I've heard several people um, say I got married silently because we, we didn't want to sin. We didn't want to mess this thing up. We hadn't walked into it. We knew we were getting married, but it was a year and a half away because we want a big wedding. Cool. But I got needs. My brother got needs. So we're going to get this, get this, this license, make this thing legal. And then we will move on and have the day of our dreams. And so that's also an option, but mm-hmm. I really want to transition at this point to the redefining moment. Sim gave us some amazing, just meat and potatoes scripture. The word of God is going to be the thing that undergirds you and really just lifts you up when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I can do this for real. Like this ain't, did God really say that? Like he's a forgiving God and people out here doing whatever. I mean, we can justify sin all day long, but God ain't out here changing his word for nobody. Like he's not a man that he can lie. He's not reneging on anything that he said. He said what he said and he meant what he meant. And from that, we have to align we have to die to our flesh. We have to pick up our cross and follow him. As difficult as that may be. Yes, it can be difficult, but I can guarantee you living in the consequence is far worse. <laughs> it's so much worse. I would rather take the, the do the hard thing right now than have to try to figure my way and fight my way through consequence. Because consequence, it ain't nobody fault but your own from that perspective. And it's it's so much beauty. Like one of the things that Sim talked about, she did was she volunteered and she just did more service things that brought her joy, but also kept her busy because, you know, when you get bored, you do stuff. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like picking up a snack. When I'm bored, I eat. So let me not be bored. Let me go outside. Let me go watch the birds. Do something. Busy yourself. But this scripture that just makes it so crystal clear, so plain, is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. And I'm actually reading from the NLT version. And it says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I cannot tell you how 
much that scripture resonates with me and how much I intend to ingrain that in my sons as they get older and they understand what sex is and what the bodies is generally made for. I can't wait to instill that in them because they need to understand that they're not lame or they're not, you know, less than because they choose to to follow God, to follow God. Like it's it's okay to be set apart. It's okay to be a rarity. It's okay to be the lone ranger because when it comes to your your final destination, if your desire is to build legacy, if if that's your heart's desire to build legacy and for your children and your children's children to be blessed, there is so much rooted in in your decision making right now. Yes. No culture doesn't talk about the soul ties that are directly connected every single time that you are sexually intimate and you have sex with someone. Yeah. Your spirits intertwine. So you can you can have been thinking one way, but the minute that you're now sexual and intimate with this person, your spirit, you got a piece of theirs and they got some of you. Yeah. So if you were the host that was, you know, generally okay, but this yeah. person is out here fighting depression, don't be surprised if you pop up now having thoughts of, you know, Come suicide on. or things that were no, they were nowhere in sight. But the minute that you connect with someone's spirit, the minute that you make that connection with someone's spirit is the minute that you will find yourself yeah. in some really dark places that you had no intention of ever being, ever, yeah, ever. So yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite episodes thus far, Sim, because it's not talked about enough it's not talked about in a positive light enough especially especially around the church like many times we were taught you know things that were contrary to what the word of god said it was anti-christ in real life the opposite of what jesus and christ was yeah and unfortunately because we were taught those things it was law it was made law in our minds and in our hearts and when you really get that deep in that intimate relationship with God and you start to unlearn the wrong things, you really start to get an appreciation for your faith, I believe, in your relationship yeah. with God. And it's not that he's trying to keep you having fun. He's trying to keep you from harm. He's trying to keep you and protect you from things that could potentially harm you because he's a good father. And it's not to, he said, he said in his word, he will never withhold a good thing from you. So if it's good, he wants you to have it. If, if it's good, he wants you to have it, but it's within reason. It's within reason. So Sam, before we wrap up this podcast episode, I want you to show us your lovely, lovely book because three of you listeners today or watchers on YouTube, our viewers, we will be, you enterprises will be sponsoring three copies um, for the first three to say, I want one in the comments to aid you in your um, purity journey. We will be sponsoring three copies of the overcoming and kind of see it. Oh, it's better now. Put it right in front of you. The blurriness. I'm on my phone. I don't know how to take it off the blurriness. But if you, you can put it right of- in front of you, we can see it. So, oh, like that- there you go. Wow, wow, there you go. <laughs> the overcoming and whoever, I want one. We we will sponsor it. Okay, you enterprises will be sponsoring three copies to support Sim. I'm so so proud of you. I'm so 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 proud of you, girl. Thank you. Thank Tell you. them where they can find you. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Life Simplified. So S-E-M, my name is Simly, so I took the first part, um, and Simplified. So instead of simply, like S-I-M, it's just S-E-M. You can find me there and or my email, lifesimplified at gmail.com. That's where I am. Yes. And my boo will be out here praying too, okay? She she sends up a timber. And it's, we, we not out here selling, you know, $5,000 prayer cloths and stuff. We, this is, this is from the heart. This is me and this is me, you and the Lord. 
Yeah. Um, she is a huge, huge advocate for, you know, women and men too, but especially women. She has a heart for women. She absolutely loves people. So she's not shy. Um, definitely do, 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 do yourself a favor and follow her. She's always posting great content and she's, she's, she's dope. She's, she's so cool. She's so cool. She's so sweet and she's so pretty. And my girl is pure. Okay. My girl did it. She did that. And I'm so proud of her. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us on the second episode of season two of the redefining you podcast. You can of course follow the YouTube channel, but also follow us on the redefining you page. A lot of you followed me on the quench street. That's my personal page, but follow us on redefining you Y E W at on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook at Lindria Wynn. Again, Sim, thank you for joining me for being here for doing this one more time. I appreciate you so, so much. Uh, Until next time, folks. Episode three is going to be amazing because we will be talking about all things worship, y'all. Yes, all things worship, living a life of worship. And this is an episode just like this one you don't want to miss. So do all the right things. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, do yourself a solid because we will be growing and glowing all 2023. Thanks for being with us. See y'all. Bye.